Thomas never expected to be standing out here under the scorching sun, waiting for someone else to hire him. He had been a miller. His father had been a miller, and his father before him. In fact, as long as he could remember, his family had owned that mill. And it was good, because it was the closest mill to the market. Which is why the new tax collector wanted it. But even when that tax collector had added on his own rates on top of the Roman taxes, Thomas had kept up. Even when the two years of bad crops had hit, Thomas had kept up. But then his daughter and his son both got sick, and his wife had broken her leg, and Thomas couldn't keep up. And the mill that had been in his family for generations was now owned by some corrupt tax collector. The mill and the graveyard his son was buried in. They no longer belonged to his family. Last night, his wife had told him they would run out of grain today. Thomas remembered all the days that he had been surrounded by grain in his mill. He couldn't believe that all the grain he owned now barely fit in the palm of his hand. So he did what he had never thought he would do. He woke up early to stand by the town gate with the other day laborer. He thought he had woke up early at least, but when he arrived, there were already a few dozen men there standing in a line. His work at the mill had kept him in shape, but these men were farmers. Their muscles were different, bulky and tight, their skins tanned with many days' suns. The one at the front of the line towered over him and looked him up and down. He heard one man mutter, lazy. So he went to the back of the line, his head downcast. When the first foreman arrived, they negotiated casually with the men in the front, then another man showed up, and then another. And then, one man showed up who wore a red sash around his waist and a silk turban on his head. All the men parked up at his arrival. Who is he? What field does that foreman work for? Thomas asked one of the other workers, a spry man carrying a large leather bag. Are you stupid? The man replied. That's no foreman. That's the owner of the vineyard at the top of the hill. Best wine in the entire region. He also pays the full denarius, unlike most. Thomas had no opportunity to find out if that were true. When he tried to go closer to the front of the line, a big burly man with golden hair shoved him back. Thomas fell so hard that his ankle rolled over a rock. Wait your turn, pissant, the golden haired man said. The owner with the red sash left, taking with him a half dozen workers, including the golden-haired man. The worker seemed ecstatic about something, but Thomas couldn't hear it. His ankle throbbed. His ankle still hurt when the third hour came. The man with the red sash came back for more workers. Thomas tried to push forward, but he was limping on his ankle. The man with the red sash said, I want one more. Thomas raised his hand, but the worker with the leather bag stepped in front of him. I, I already got me own bag, sir, and two good legs. For a second, the owner glanced at Thomas as he limped forward, but then nodded at the man with the leather bag, and they left. By the sixth hour, Thomas' ankle had grown blue 
He was surprised to see the man with the red sash come back. He was in no position to offer himself his help, so he didn't even try. He just laid back against the stones at the gate. Next to him was an old man. The veins in his hands and arms looked like rivers running through a cracked desert. Sir, Thomas said, are you waiting for work as well? The man said, yes. I have no family. I have nothing. Thomas talked with him until the ninth hour, when the man with the red sash returned. He took the few able-bodied men who were there, then said, I want one more. He looked at Thomas. Thomas looked up at the man in the bright red sash. Sorry, sir, Thomas said. My ankle is hurting really bad at the moment, but this man here, he may look old, but he's strong. You should take him. The old man's eyes welled with tears. The owner's face softened and he said, Very well. Good sir, please come. So they left. Thomas put his head against the wall. As he did, a handful of other workers came back, grumbling about the owners who had cheated them. He promised half a denarius and barely gave us a third. My owner charged us for water and to rent tools. My owner said he'd pay us tomorrow if we came back. Maybe someone will come back near the end of the day and give us some pennies to finish what others couldn't. So they stood in front of Thomas in the line, without so much as glancing at him, except for one who said, Don't just sit there, you lazy bum. You have to learn to work hard. Thomas was too tired to say anything. So when the sun began to turn gold, Thomas thought about his daughter, still coughing, eating the last of the bread as his wife made an excuse about not being hungry. He imagined his wife mixing some twigs into hot water to try to make a soup like they had done last night. And the tears rolled down his face. He could barely muster his hand to wipe them away. So he thought he was dreaming when he saw a man with a red sash walking up to the town gate. Why do you stand here idle all day? He asked the men who were standing up by the gate. Be be because... No one has hired us, they responded. No one, he asked. N none, they lied. The owner shook his head ever so slightly. Oh well, you go into the vineyard too. They started to walk away and Thomas just closed his eyes. And then he heard, well, what about you? Thomas opened his eyes to see the man with the red sash before him. Me, sir? Yes, he said smiling. I want one more. Thomas could barely make it to the vineyard. The man with the red sash had to actually help him walk. 
When he got there, he and the ones with him found all the other workers there sweating profusely. Baskets and baskets of grapes had been plucked and gathered. The man with the golden hair saw him coming. Well now, looks like you finally decided to get to work, he said with a smirk. Thomas tried to grab a basket, but the man in the red sash stopped him. It's all right. Why don't you just clean the machines in that building there? He pointed to a building close to them. Thomas hobbled over and he pushed his way in. As he opened the door, he felt cool air hit his face. It took a moment for his eyes to adjust, but when he did, he was overjoyed. It was a mill. A small one, yes, but a mill nonetheless. He ran his hands over the millstones and the gears, marveling at how well they were kept, remembering the days when he would stand before a machine like this. He took a cloth from nearby, began to clean the mill, though it barely needed more than a dusting. He felt like he had scarcely begun when suddenly he heard a bell chime outside. Walking out, he saw the foreman gathering all the workers for the day. All right, men. Wages time. Beginning with the last, then up to the first. The men began to line up. Thomas was acutely aware that they were waiting for something. He realized they were waiting for someone. They were waiting for him. Thomas hobbled up to the front of the line under the impatient stares of all the other workers. He could barely bring himself to look at the foreman. He had barely worked a minute. The foreman simply took coins from his purse and placed them into Thomas's palm. Thomas looked down. It was a whole denarius. A whole day's wage, enough to feed his family for a week. His eyes went wide. The foreman barely noticed. Carry on, the foreman said, waving Thomas away. As Thomas turned, he saw that the entire line was buzzing with energy. Clearly, they had seen how much he had gotten paid, and word was spreading fast, and excitement spread faster. Thomas, of course, was slow to leave, his ankle barely getting any better. Many of the other men went past him on their way home. The old man with the river-like veins tapped him on the shoulder. Thank you, son, the man said. Thank you. Thomas just nodded at him. But then as more men passed, he noticed their moods were less enthusiastic. Some even gave him angry glares. The man with the leather bag even gave him an aggressive bump as he passed. Then the man with the golden hair stopped in front of him. He stuck his chest out, his shoulders broad, and pulled back. You think you're equal to me? He growled. Thomas didn't understand the question. The man got angrier. You think you're equal to me? He yelled. Thomas was sure the golden-haired man was going to hit him, when suddenly he stopped. The golden-haired man spotted someone behind Thomas and then turned around and quietly left. Thomas turned, he saw the man with the red sash walking back down the road as the sun's light began to fade. Hello, sir, Thomas said. Did you want some of your money back? The owner laughed. <laughs> Goodness, no. It's yours. I was actually hoping to catch up with you. I saw you in my mill. You seem to know what you're doing in there. 
<laughs> yes, sir. I was a miller before, and my father was before me and his father. Ha. Huh. A miller? Miller without a mill. How terrible. Would you come back? Work for me in my mill. I'm, I have a miller, but... I want one more. Thomas nodded his head. Good, good, good. Come back tomorrow and get started. The man started to turn away when Thomas asked, Sir, I must know. Why did you give me a full denarius when it was so clear I did not deserve it? The man with the red sash smiled. <laughs> because, because I am generous. It is who I am. And my generosity does not depend on your order in mind. Thomas stopped by the market on the way. He went home with fresh bread. This story was written and performed by Jason Chow, inspired by the parable of the workers in the vineyard, found in Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. Music from audio.com and sound effects from freesound.org. Thanks for listening. <laughs>